From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. This tweet from Andrew, I never thought about it, but yes, a Euro is elite, absolutely. Just watching the meat get carved off the spinner makes it elite. It does have the best presentation of any food, I think, that you're going to get in a restaurant setting or especially in a fast food setting. That's undeniable. Yes and no, because it's kind of disgusting at times when you see the flies go around it. But that's any place. It's not the most sanitary. Now, you don't see you don't see a Euro place being you don't see a Euro spinning around at any elite restaurant. No, because it's not an I mean, I mean, you do at Mediterranean restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like you're going you're not going to a five-star restaurant to get a Euro. Like I understand I would. That. Just like you're not going to a five-star restaurant to get pizza. I've done it. Oh, God. We're, speaking of, it's the lunch hour. Here on Ken Levick Alive. That's a woman eating a Sloppy Joe. You're sure is Blake not getting the Sloppy Joe at a five-star restaurant. No, no. I have class. Um, what restaurant are you going to that has euros? A five-star restaurant. A Michelin-rated restaurant that has euros. I don't know, but when I was in Greece, they were everywhere. And everything. But that's different. That's Greece. That's where it comes from. It's where it was born. You see, and that's another thing. My palate, you, when you go to the country, the food comes from, your palate becomes so elite and picky. Ooh. You can't become no basic. You've been around the globe? Yeah. <laughs> I spent a month in the Mediterranean. Come at me. I got <laughs> you on pizza and euros. Mrs. Worldwide. Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> Darn <Daddy>. it. <laughs> uh, Joe tweets, I demand a poll so that I can pound yes to the moon. How dare you even ask this about euros? See, we're getting a lot of support here about uh, about Euros. All of this coming from us calling Jimmy Garoppolo a delicious piece of Greek meat. Blam. Uh, and the purpose of bringing that up is that we've been talking about quarterbacks with the biggest question mark going into the season. Eddie and Boynton brought up Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to be the next quarterback traded. And Jeanette says it's not just Jimmy Garoppolo, though uninspiring at times. His... His production, going to a Super Bowl, going to an NFC title game, it's not just that Trey Lance is going to have to fit into from a shoe standpoint, but it's that Jimmy Garoppolo was super hot, in Jeanette's words. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's words. I, mean, I have not met anybody who said Jimmy G is an ugly man. And if they did, then they need to get their eyes reevaluated. They need to get their like opinions checked because they are so wrong. Now, Stone, you and I can appreciate Jimmy G, the physical part of him, right? Oh, gosh, yes. Stunning stunning man. He's the best-looking player in the NFL. Jimmy G and Ryan Reynolds, two guys that every man can agree are stunning and out of this world. I agree. There is no disputing that. Now, uh, before we we get to Trey Lance, because I want Jeanette to give a comprehensive physical breakdown of Trey Lance to see what we're working with physically here in her mind compared Being to compared, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, 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 yes. Um, But um, uh, the Subway Jimmy Garoppolo commercials sort of bother me because why are him and his grandmother just hanging out at a Subway? Uh, and uh, the fact that his grandmother is like, oh, I never cook. Like, Why would you admit that in public to your grandson who enamors you because he thought you were cooking fresh food for him first of all i think the commercial is beautiful because it shows that jimmy g is a family man taking his grandma out to subway and including (laughs) her in these television Uh deals Uh what a family man Uh and i think it's great because he probably provides the chef for her and all the cooking 
So he is a huge family man taking care of his grandma. That's the way I see the commercial. Did you hear how she pronounced Chef Stone? I did not. Like a normal human. Because that's why. How do you pronounce Chef? Chef. That's what she said on the commercial, Chef? Chef. That's how you say it. It's a C and a H together. Okay. Right? I'll get down with it. Exactly. Like no. every other American. I am so no. American. A, pri- a private chef? Private chef. Okay. You see? Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, we've been talking about Greek. Is he Italian or Greek? I want to make sure I we think, get this right. Let me, I think he's Greek. I mean, I thought with Garoppolo that sounded Greek, but it could be wrong. That means our entire diatribe on Euros could have been misguided. It was a good conversation, but we may be talking about the wrong country. Look at this. He was also born in November. Okay. <laughs> that has nothing to do. But it has, it has something to do with him and I. I really I really think that he might be Italian. In that case, what are we going with there? Like, uh, what's the pizza thing in the pocket? In uh, the, uh, a hot Italian sausage. Stromboli? St- no, no uh, not a stromboli. A calzone. Calzone. Calzones are pretty good. Not elite. Pretty good. Ooh, All right. Whatever. They're great. All right. Let's get to Trey Lance here. <laughs> <laughs> they are great. They are not not a euro, but calzones are great. Now, uh, Trey Lance, I want you to go through real quick here, Jeanette, what we're talking about here. Because Jimmy G, he has the great jawline. He's got the beautiful jet black hair. He has the almond eyes. The He's smile. got the five o'clock shadow, the smile, pearly whites, the entire thing. Well statured. Mm. Uh, so Trey Lance. How does he? How does he stack up here? Uh, the 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 heir apparent to the attractive quarterback throne left by Jimmy G. Well, yeah, I mean Trey Lance is going to be an ugly player after Jimmy G's footsteps, and he's also going to be a very ugly man because looking at him, it looks like somebody took the top and the bottom of his face and squished it together, uh. kind of trying to make it look like a pug, <laughs> but not one I would adopt. Wow. So I would that leave is, it at that. That was really critical. You, you're just leaving him at the pound? Yeah, I'm leaving it at the pound and going with the German shepherd of a man. I Jimmy think objectively is. speaking, not in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, I think Stone, that's a pretty decent looking dude. It's a great looking dude. I actually had the privilege to play him, and they kicked our ass. I think, yeah, like I was going to say, how'd that go? Like 44-3, yeah. I believe yeah. he, he beat, beat uh, my team. Good try, good effort. Yeah, great effort, but I don't think he's a bad looking guy, and he looked good with his shoulder pads off and his headband on. I don't think he's that ugly of a guy. The he's key got- is being compared to Jimmy G. I'm comparing him strictly against Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. Well, then there's no, it's very, very difficult. Who Who is, is it Brady who's next in line after Garoppolo, the only, the, the, the number two most attractive quarterback in the NFL? I don't know, because here's the thing. I don't find Tom Brady that attractive. I think maybe Matthew Stafford falls in line at two. Matthew Stafford is higher and in the rankings. Yeah, and he's thick. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I think Josh Allen is a good contender for number two. I think Baker Mayfield's better looking than Josh Ew, Allen. No. Are you Absolutely, kidding me? Of course. Uh, can I kick him out of here? Are you drunk? Can I, He obviously is. <laughs> Josh Allen is... I, no, no, dude. Baker Mayfield is not better looking than Josh Allen. Stop it. Just I, stop. So, Just stop. Joe Burrow <laughs> is top five for sure. See, I don't get that. I don't mm. get you people in Joe Burrow. That's baby Joe, face killer. Joe Burrow over Tom Brady. I would mm. say that. If you're bringing, if you're bringing them around a group of your friends, I think you're bringing Tom Brady. Now, talking about if they're not famous, I think you're bringing Tom Brady and his looks before you're bringing Joe Burrow. No, because Tom Brady, I wouldn't trust Tom Brady in a conversation over Joe Burrow. We're talking about looks. 
oh, we're going strictly looks, I would still go Joe Burrow. Now, how about this? Ricky messages Zach Wilson. He's a little boyish, Ooh. but he's on his dynasty team, so uh, giving the dude some love. I feel like I can snap that kid in half. Yeah, I think Jeanette would uh, own Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> Dom- I need dominate him. Yeah. I need a man. I have a really <laughs> strong personality. I need somebody to chill me out. He's. I'd be like, hey, can you get me a Jiro, please? You'd be like, yes, ma'am, absolutely. Giro. I'll get you what you want. Could you imagine, could you imagine from a Mormon college, Zach Wilson meeting Jeanette for the first time, boyish Zach Wilson, and then Jeanette's personality would just absolutely smother him. Just run him out the gym. Just run him out the door. Uh, So, all right, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, objectively, good-looking dude. Trey Lance in comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jeanette was a little bit mean about it. Looks like a pug that you wouldn't adopt. You would leave at the pound. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, no (laughs) chance. No chance that he fills in in the look shoes with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, one thing I wanted to get to here in the lunch hour, Brian Windhorst was on first take, and he was discussing the market for KD. We are being, Jeanette, held hostage by the trade rumors of Kevin Durant. Us as Heat fans are being held hostage by the prospect of Kevin Durant. And so Brian Windhorst was asked, when is this going to happen? When is KD going to get moved? What are the Nets looking for? And this is what, on first take, Brian Windhorst uh, had to say, because it is enough already. Like, let's get this going. Like, the entire NBA, most transactions are being plugged up by the hairball and the drain that is Kevin Durant right now we need some we need some some drano to finally push this through and here's brian winhorst on kevin durant yeah when the when the nets put him on the market dan i think they thought there was going to be a tremendous bidding war and while there's a lot of interest from what i can tell that bidding war isn't really hot right now the teams have made their their offers and they don't really feel the need to increase them. Now, maybe we'll see a little bit of action coming out of Summer League. All of the executives are gathering in Las Vegas over the next few days, and there could be a restart in action there. But there, you know, there's been a couple of things that have happened that have, you know, even made it more complicated that involve the Utah Jazz. The Jazz make this trade with Rudy Gobert uh, last week where they get an incredible haul of draft picks in which the Nets respond by saying, well, now the price for Durant just went high, higher. And the rest of the league is kind of saying... We don't think so. We don't want to pay that price. We didn't like that trade. And then you look at Donovan Mitchell. After the Gobert trade, there was a belief that maybe Mitchell would be next, and maybe at some point he will be. But for now, the Jazz are telling people they don't intend to trade him. And on Mitchell's side, he's going to stand pat. He's not going to force any action right now. So without Mitchell in the market, um, there's the teams are not trying to outbid each other. You, it's, it doesn't make sense for teams to sell their house to pay for a car, even if that car is a Lamborghini like Kevin Durant. That doesn't sound promising. I, oh, what if Kevin Durant doesn't get traded at all? After all this, what do I do? What do, what do we do with ourselves as Ke- if Kevin Durant stays in Brooklyn? I'm gonna laugh personally. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know because Sean Marks and them it felt like they came to an agreement that like they wanted these guys gone now and they wanted what's best for the team and the organization. So I don't know. It'd be a lot of weird conversations being had in that building. But this is what we said about the Rudy Gobert deal. Minnesota, I mean, that was an embarrassing amount that they gave up for a guy who is as one-dimensional as Rudy Gobert is. Like, when it happened, people with a brain, with common sense, asked themselves, what in the hell are the Timberwolves doing? Giving up all those draft picks and all that capital 
for a guy that, yes, is he a good defender? Sure. If you pull him outside of 10 feet, he does nothing. And he's really just sort of eh on the offensive end. But that completely reset the Kevin Durant market to something that was going to become unrealistic. So now you have these teams like the Heat, I think, that were staying put that had put a lot of different uh, a lot of different approaches on hold because they were trying to figure out a way to come up with a plan to acquire Kevin Durant, who now have been screwed over by Minnesota. And by extension now, the Heat feel like they're not going to be nearly as dynamic as they could have been adding pieces in the offseason. And the Heat aren't the only ones falling victim to this. The NBA as a whole is now in a standstill. And so you've got this grandstanding Kevin Garnett trade demand, the net shopping him, and the net shopping him for an unrealistic amount of picks. That's not good business. At some point, someone's going to have to give in, or the Nets are going to have to realize Minnesota's incompetent. They screwed this whole thing up, and teams have grown wise to what the value is of any player, even a Kevin Durant. Ken, I gotta, I gotta do this, man, but you just went Kevin Garnett. You just threw did the I say old, Kevin Garnett? You are on you a did. roll, baby. You did. Oh, my God. You did. Where is that even coming from? <laughs> I mean, he was a net at No, but point. that's no excuse. <laughs> that's no excuse. That's like Rack what I did stone. Like yesterday. yesterday. Oh, I, I, I marked it. I clipped it. Nice. I'll, I'll get that. I'll stack them all up. Stack them all up for me if you could because I completed the Holy Trinity yesterday. <laughs> the trifecta of wrong name mistakes. Yesterday, and so I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm I'm faltering. I'm sputtering. It's the summer sports talk radio curse. But I'm going to be so annoyed if Kevin Durant doesn't get dealt because I do think that that play a part in directly screwing up the Heat off season, yeah. and it makes Kevin Durant I think look bad if he comes slinking back to the Nets. I think it most definitely makes him look horrible because once Kyrie opted in is when he made the decision to go. So it's almost like he felt as if it was a sure guaranteed thing. And now that's what I'm worried most about, their relationship, Kyrie and Kevin. Like, can you come to amends or or, or are you going to go your separate ways? Or is it going to be worse than it was? And then Ben Simmons is just stuck in the middle of this. So I'm with you. I'll be annoyed and it is going to screw up the entire market along with the Heat. Chris Haynes of Yahoo and TNT reporting the Brooklyn Nets asked the Timberwolves for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four draft picks for Kevin Durant. The Timberwolves declined. Ooh. Wow. I mean, why the hell would Minnesota give up Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards both? Plus picks on top of that. Right. Like I if I was Minnesota, it's sort of like Chris Broussard on whatever that show was on FS1 that nobody watches. Uh, proposing that, oh, in the Nets in the Heat talk, you started Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Nick Wright, the only one with sense in that room, saying, why in the hell would Miami do that? That's this. Why in God's name would Minnesota give up Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards? Give up Carl Anthony Towns and the picks and maybe another player, but you keep Anthony Edwards. That would be stupid. Yeah, I think for most teams, the goal is to keep your core players. and But at the same time, you got to understand that Kevin Durant being a free agent for now the second time is, is kind of a once-in-a-generation thing. But, yeah, you've you got to try to keep your core together. And bringing Gobert in there, if you're Minnesota, was kind of like, okay, we got what we needed. We, Carl Anthony Towns is able to play the four, and we can put Gobert down there and protect the rim. So that's just, I mean, that's a terrible trade-off. That's total Broussard stuff. If Kevin Durant goes back to Brooklyn, doesn't get traded, how does that make KD look? He doesn't have a ton of control over the situation, but the very public trade demand 
and then he ends up just staying with Brooklyn after all of this? How does this make Kevin Durant and the Nets look? How does this make KD and the Nets look if KD ends up not being traded? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. How does this make KD and the Nets look if KD doesn't get traded? I think he looks like a fool, honestly. You had a hard, first of all, all that smack talk that you talk publicly, and then you asked for a, tra- a demand one, and then you're stuck on the same team, and then I'm going to grab my popcorn, because as Stone mentioned, the drama that's probably going to come, come out out of him, Kyrie, again, Simmons, just like, la, 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 lying in the middle of it. Something bound, like, it's not going to be the win-loss situation I feel like the Nets would have to deal with if KD stays. It's definitely the chemistry already. Yeah, I, could you imagine KD and Kyrie running it back after everything that happened last season? And they publicly are trying to align themselves with one another, but do you, does anybody buy it? Does anybody fully buy it? I know I don't. No, absolutely not. I, I just feel like that Minnesota deal with Utah, the Gobert trade, was the proverbial clubbing over the head of every NBA team, where then they said to themselves, whoa, moment of clarity. What the hell was that? And let's be realistic about what we offer for Kevin Durant now because that was a wake-up call. I feel like that trade made NBA teams wiser to where, no way, we can't go above and beyond what was traded for Gobert because that was so unreasonable. How do KD and the Nets look if KD stays in Brooklyn? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Jay is in Jupiter. What's up, Jay? Well, first of all, Jeanette, I know a guy that can go out with you, and you'd love him, and that's Dwight Howard. No! Why do you do that? <laughs> I, I, you start, just so you know, I'm never getting off this, Jeanette. You're the one who started it, so I'm no. never getting off this. Jay, you need that. to back off of it. You started it. I, no! Absolutely not. I'm, not. I'm not getting off of this, Jeanette. I can introduce you to him, as a matter of no, fact. No, thank I, you. I, no, thank you. I have no idea Are if I'm going to hug him or slap him. So that's a huge risk you would Are take you, okay, upon yourself. Okay, you said you're straight, so I want to make sure. Now, Ken, I got a question for you. My question for you, Ken, is this Minnesota team coming into this season, where do you see them in terms of the playoff picture? They were not in the playoff picture. This season going in, so with the Rudy Gobert trade. Oh, going into this season. I thought you meant last season. I thought you meant last season. I see them as, I don't know, like a a 5-6 seed. Okay, so let's say a five. Let's say a five seed. That first round pick that they gave up, that's probably the nineteenth, twentieth pick. So they're going to get better, and that's going to go on for the next four or five years. Are you straight giving up the nineteenth and the twentieth pick for Rudy Gobert over the next five years? I think I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely good with that. Add that to the fact that this group with Rudy Gobert, I think that they're going to be so much better because Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have to do the dirty work that he had to do without Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That's number two. Number three, which is the most important part, how do we go into training camp with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with this looming over our head? Uh, I know. The fact that they demanded to be traded. I know. And I don't know how the next— And, 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 and Ken, the thing, I want, the thing I want to make sure that we clear that you just mentioned, they didn't lose in the playoffs. They got smoked in round one. Hammered. I mean, we ain't close. Nope. Right. Right. That's the thing. That means we close. Exactly. And you can use the Kyrie played whatever it was, 17 games all you want, but that group was together and they were bad. It well, You're right. Other than game one, it was flat out bad. And 
It's not just the 19th and 20th picks. I mean, Stone, there were four other draft picks, five other draft picks that were included in that deal. Yeah, and to I Utah. think yeah. ancillary deal. So what the way Jay puts it is they correct. Get a couple yes. unprotected too. Yeah, you're good. You're good. At 19 and 20 getting Gobert, but you're right. It's the unprotected picks, the handful of picks that came after that that the Nets saw and said, "Oh, well, that'll be a nice base to start off of for Kevin Durant." Where teams were like, "Uh, put on the brakes for a second. Because this is a little bit ridiculous. But, yes, the Nets are going to go into camp with all of that hanging over their heads if they don't get it done. And KD, they just decide, all right, coming back, that's going to be a circus for a team that already, I think it's pretty easy to say, is not the most, oh, I don't know, stable locker room in the NBA. Yeah, I don't know if you guys had caught it, Jeanette. I wanted to send it to you because I figured you would love this. But 50 minutes before Kevin Durant requested a trade, Ben Simmons went on Instagram after a workout. And he posted a selfie and it said, best I've ever felt or something like ready to dominate or feeling strong. I don't remember what his caption was, but he posted a selfie and it was like 48 minutes after that is when Kevin Durant <laughs> requested a trade. So clearly there's, yeah. Yeah, so clearly there's no yeah. communication going on inside that locker room. And, and Kevin and Kyrie, we've heard from reports from, from real people, from real big people that have said they haven't been in communication during this process. And yeah, stuff, KD's so. gone radio silent. He's gone black, as they, as the the report said. Yeah. And so nobody can get a hold of him. And think about it. Ben Simmons, you come off of getting trolled endlessly by Joel Embiid uh, and Doc Rivers. You get traded. And 42 minutes after you put up an inspirational Instagram post about your triumphant return <laughs> and getting work done in the lab and the star, the best player in the world, says, I'd like a trade. That probably doesn't make you feel very good. Uh, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare today. For more information, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and the leading-edge treatments and technology to provide enhanced and advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. When we return, I've been an absolute mess on this show for the better part of 36 hours. We recount some of my best mistakes over the last 36 hours. Also, when we return, Jeanette Javier, long-awaited, has it for you. Her review of the 80s classic, Back to the Future. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I think tomorrow we're going to have to get our movie insider, JMP, talk about James Kahn, who has passed away at the age of 82. Breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire, Sonny Corleone, the Godfather, Elf, the program, amongst others. James Kahn, 82 years old, passes away today. So, uh, JMP, who knows more about movies than all three of us combined and in an entire lifetime, get him out tomorrow to talk about uh, James Kahn and some of his most memorable roles. Ken Levick alive, Jeanette Javier. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights in just a second. It'll be Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout. She reviews Karate Kid. And I keep calling Back to the Future for some reason. And I don't understand why this is happening. Now, full disclosure, 
Over the last couple of days, I've been what they say and what they call under the weather. Pretty accurate, right, Jeanette? Yes. Not great. It's not COVID. Tested. Nothing. One line. All good. But it is one of those annoying summer colds that you just can't shake. And I'm going to attribute what we're about to listen to to that. That the cold is just affecting my brain. I'm having some issues. I'm just incapable of of remembering things. Now, just about 20 minutes ago, what did I do while we were discussing Kevin Durant, Stone, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant and the possibility about him staying in Brooklyn? What did I do? You called him Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. You did. I haven't thought about Kevin Garnett in probably a decade. Where does that even come from? And I, I, I know you try to make an excuse for me, Stone, that, oh, he was a former Brooklyn Net, but no. <laughs> nobody associates Kevin Garnett. With the Brooklyn Nets. Well, we were talking about a Kevin, and Net is in the name too, you know. So ah, uh, see, that is a better theory. What do you mean? Where's the Net? Oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Are Kevin you Garnett. Me, Stone? It's literally the final syllable of his last. So name. Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Garnett is where you're saying it got mixed yeah, up. And Kevin only, Durant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that. We're just trying to help you out here. That's Ken. it. That's it. I think. I think that that Jeanette's theory, it at least gives me a little bit more solace. Than, than Stone's theory. Stone's theory is just uh, 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 an excuse to try and make me feel better. So I'm clearly in some sort of mental decline right now. Um, now, yesterday, I put off the holy trinity of mistakes. And it started in hour one yesterday when we were discussing franchise running backs, the lack thereof, how that's not really a thing anymore in the NFL for the exception of one man. And I meant to say Derrick Henry, but another name came out. Being a three-down back now is super rare. Yeah. Travis Henry is really right now the only Uh-oh. example of the franchise running back. <laughs> That's great. Travis Henry, definitely not Derrick Henry. Former Bill, former Tennessee volunteer. Travis Henry. The last time Travis Henry played in the league, I'm going to look right now. I think it's been a while. I think it's definitely been a while. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's well over a decade ago. Why? Why is Travis Henry coming to mind? I mean, he's forty-three years old. <laughs> forty-three years old. So he has not played in forever. In fact, he was in prison until two thousand twelve. Wow. <sighs> That's awkward. Yeah. So I don't know why Derrick Henry and Travis Henry. I'm mistaking one another for 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 them so then later in the show we got to talking it was right after baker mayfield got traded to the panthers the the sam darnold versus baker mayfield quarterback competition looming i was talking about sam darnold but i didn't say sam darnold when matt rule and company decided to deal for matt darnold who (laughs) when matt rule and company decided to deal for matt darnold what is what am I doing there? I suppose that's because I mentioned Matt Rule. <laughs> but here's the thing. I am a midday radio host in a top 50 United States of America market, okay? I need to be better than this. Travis Henry is not Derrick Henry. Nope. Sam Darnold is not Matt Darnold. Mm-mm. In fact, I'm going to Google Matt Darnold right now and see if there is a Matt Darnold, what this person does for a living. So I already did that for you. Oh, God. 
Matthew Darnold is a mental health specialist, and you can find him on LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Okay, well, we need to contact Matt Darnold. And yeah. Matt Darnold is a PhD student and teaching assistant in musicology. Uh, it looks like he's out of Minneapolis, the St. Paul area. Yeah, we must got to get in contact. Oh, uh, no, with Matt Darnold goes to UNT. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Got it. All right, but he is a mental health specialist. If we could, Jeanette, send the LinkedIn link to Stone, and I'd just like to contact Matt Darnold to ask him if anybody's ever mistaken him for Sam Darnold before. Okay. That's all we need him for. Tell him, Stone, that we don't need him for a long time, but if he could join us tomorrow, just so I can ask him that question. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Stone Lebano, it's from ESPN 106.3. I was just calling to uh, see if you wanted to get on air and talk. <laughs> see if you've ever been mistaken for Sam Darnold. You yeah. down? That's My host th- has a question for you. <laughs> yeah, just leave it at that. It's fine. So if you could contact him, we will have the actual Matt Darnold, hopefully, on tomorrow here on Ken Levick Alive. But it didn't end there. Right at the tail end of the show, I was trying to preview Jeanette Javier's movie review. It is The Karate Kid. But this is how I dismounted from the show yesterday, leaving a dark stain on our Wednesday program. Jeanette's back tomorrow. She reviews Back to the Future. Stone the Banowitz. I'm Ken. Bye bye. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Oh, God, I suck. <laughs> That's how the show ended yesterday. It's great. It's great. How many times has the show ended with me declaring I suck? That was probably a first, right? No, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't say it, but yes, the show probably sucked. That wasn't a first a first time that a show has sucked. So that is what happened yesterday. Follow up today, and I teased Jeanette's movie review about 10 minutes ago by once again calling it back to the oh, future. Oh, I didn't catch this one. Why do I keep doing that? And then I called Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett is now in a standstill. And so you've got this grandstanding Kevin Garnett. <sighs> it's great. S- something's wrong. I-, I feel like something's wrong. Like I need some sort of imaging on my brain. Mental health specialist, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Matt Darnold. You know what? That makes so much sense. Maybe this is the universe, the vibes, the gods, whatever you want to call it. That is a great idea. Maybe Matt Darnold can help me because maybe there's some mental holdup. I, so let's just, make sure he's not going to charge me if I ask him a question. Let's about just this. pepper him with mental health questions when, <laughs> but, when he again, gets on. I don't, I don't Can wanna, I do that? I, I don't want to get therapy. A, I like. I don't want to get a bill from this dude. Okay. He gets like, some shine. Get, he gets some shine. He's probably right. never been on ESPN Radio. I believe he's based out of Minneapolis. That's what his LinkedIn yes. profile. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to help him with his Minnesota-based practice, but just try and see. Hey, tell him we have some questions for him, okay? We'll take no more than five minutes of his time. Well, did you also want to reach out to the PhD student out of UNT? <laughs> Music, history, theory, and ethnomusicology. No. I, 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 I've known a lot of, of people who have studied music in college. None of them worth talking to. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's leave that Matt Darnold alone. Okay. okay? All right. Uh, I always want to talk to Leo in Riviera Beach. Leo's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Leo? Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to say, you know how Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts out there? <laughs> Maybe Matt Darnold will yeah. help you yeah. <laughs> with these phantom words. Yeah, I've got ghosts in my brain. Like, I've got Travis Henry, former NFL player, ghost. Matt Darnold, ghost of Sam Darnold. Apparently, back to the future, ghost of the karate kid. I'm suffering from the same affliction that Sam Darnold did, but I'm doing it in the radio version. 
Yeah, so good luck with that. I hope I hope Matt Darnold can really get to the root of the cause and really just get you back on track because I know. You know, you know I love you Ken, but you know you did that that thing in the first FAU touchdown as well. So oh, it's kind of like God. yeah, that track Leo Matt, just did Matt Darnold has to cure you. Leo just went there. Leo just went there. Thank Shots you for the fired. call. My first ever FAU radio call. Stone, there's no way you're going to be able to find that, right? I, I think I had it. Yeah, I could. We'll find give it you the again. break. We'll give you the break. We'll give you the break to uh, find the clip so everybody else can continue to wallow in my dysfunction and my incompetence. And when we come back, Jeanette Javier will review the Karate Kid. She's Jeanette Bravo, Javier. Ken. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, the Marlins might have lost last night, but they're one of baseball's hottest teams. Want to go see them? Well, you can enjoy the ride in first-class comfort with Brightline, that big yellow train. It is fast. It gets you where you need to go, and you do it stress-free. That's right. Listen to it roll. Hey, Marlins fans. Make your next game a home run. Brightline's home runner trains from West Palm and Fort Lauderdale to Miami Central Station now include free direct shuttle service to Lone Depot Park. Catch the game. Upgrade to Brightline's premium service. That's what I always do, the premium service, because when I get to the train station, I like to get myself a glass of Pinot Noir. Thank you. I get on the train, and you know what? We do it one more time. A little Pinot Noir on the train as well. Free drinks, free snacks along the way. The Home Runner Train gives you the ultimate fan experience, letting you skip traffic, skip parking, and stay till the last inning. Book now at GoBrightline.com with the free Brightline app. Remember, Brightline, the best way to get to your favorite events in South Florida. Dump the pump this summer. Avoid high prices at the pump. Travel in comfort and style on the Brightline. Fares start at $10. You can't beat it. I love it. You will, too. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. Stone, did we find the ill-fated touchdown call? No, we did not. Okay. No, but we found a new sound, actually, that we would like to use for the upcoming lunch hours. Uh, Stone, if you could please play it. Is that me? Yeah, you you were talking about pizzas and euros earlier, and after that break... (laughs) We don't know if you were enjoying some yourself, but it definitely you definitely sounded like a fat cat breathing are, after eating. You are taking full advantage of my congested head. Absolutely. I don't appreciate it. How dare you kick a man when he's ill? That is the new lunch hour That's sound it. we will be using. That's the sound of a man who enjoyed uh, some greasy food and is heavy more. breathing after it. Play it one more time. The ill, the ill Ken Levicka that is now being misconstrued as a heavy eating, sweaty, greasy Ken Levicka. What does that sound like? You guys. You guys have crossed me for the final time. Boy, I'm really getting it in. That's what I'm saying. You enjoyed that Euro. Give me that Euro. Put it in my mouth. I'll take a pizza after you. <laughs> Jeanette Javier. She hadn't watched any sports movies before she got into sports talk radio, and so she began a segment where she reviewed sports movies here on Ken LaVica Live. Turns out, though, we learned later on, she had never really seen any movies, period, that didn't star Kevin Costner. So what did we do? We evolved the segment. We changed the segment, and now Jeanette Javier reviews some of Hollywood's most classic hits. It is time now for Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout. I love you! Everybody who's a 
Quiet. Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout. We would like to thank uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as well as Sally Field and Arnold Schwarzenegger for contributing to the Open as always. Thank you, Hollywood Elite. All right, Jeanette, the Karate Kid, the 80s classic, the inspiration for hit Netflix show Cobra Kai, which I'm now on the final season of the final couple of episodes. Let's get in to the Karate Kid. All right, I'm going to go kind of quickly because I also want to give a shout-out to Steven Seagal. You mentioned every movie I've seen that Kevin Costner's in. I've also seen every Steven Seagal movie. What a weird pairing. Because my mom was obsessed with Steven Seagal. So it's only appropriate I bring him up given that this is a martial arts movie that I'm about to review. (laughs) Okay, good. Anyways, so this must have put karate on the map. Oh, my gosh. I could only imagine the chokehold karate had in the 80s and no 90s because of this movie and yeah. the bandanas. I hope the bandanas <laughs> weren't as popular because it could be probably cheesy. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine the item, the things that two, both those karate and bandanas did after. They were all over. When I was a kid, a lot of karate, a lot of bandanas. It definitely inspired that trend. The cultural relevance must have been insane. It also, was. something I found a little weird. Ralph was too smooth for the ladies as a teenager. Ralph Lachio, fresh-faced. Oh, my God. I was like, I don't know if that's not new. I haven't dated a New Jersey guy before. Daniel I think for LaRusso. good reason. But, right. I like, is that something, like, from the Northeast, that swag that Ralph yeah. had? Well, I was he, like, came wow. the, he, he came from the Northeast. I believe he came from Jersey, went to California. He was a little bit slick, was was Daniel LaRusso. And quickly, he paid Danny. for Danny. Daniel LaRusso, that was Yeah, Danny. Danny. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, also, one thing that actually made me laugh out loud pretty hard was the shower costume in the party. Oh, uh, yeah, the skeletons. Ridiculous. <laughs> that was great. Um, and it, you can definitely tell the times because it was really funny when the blonde lady, the blonde chick that Danny was after, mm. uh, gave she, he got excited because she gave her a dress away because that was the only way to pick up people. That's right. That's right. Danny and Johnny were battling for the same blonde. Exactly. And she got excited. Oh, I gave her a dress away as opposed to guys who get excited about a uh, number or an Instagram account yep. or whatever. Yep. So my thoughts on Mr. Miyagi because that is the man of the show. Wax, wax on, wax off. That's right. He literally, I, I was having some beef at the beginning because I was like, this guy. Like literally is, having beef or just beef in your feelings? Beef in my feelings. Oh, I'm on okay. a very strict diet. L- we know this. I'm only drinking smoothies for three oh, yeah. days. A little too, was, he was a little too mean. To me, like you yeah. are literally taking advantage of this kid doing your chores. I'm about to take my five-year-old cousin and be like, here's some paint, here's some wax on my car, I'm teaching you karate, clean this stuff. What's up? Here's a bandana. You're I cool. like Stone's extremely offensive Asian uh, impersonation. That's excellent. Oh, what's up, Stone? Oh, what's up? No. Okay, it's, stop. It's like when he was uh, just <laughs> trying to speak French, but it came off as of Spanish. You know, same thing. Just yeah. trying. Just Try. trying. Yeah, good effort. So, and all I could think about, because we all know I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I would love to see Mr. Miyagi versus Yoda. Like, who would win in that competition? Who would have more wisdom? Because Mr. Miyagi was trying to speak like Yoda. I didn't appreciate that. So Mr. He is Miyagi, a Yoda wannabe. Mr. Miyagi is the human Yoda. Yeah. That's a really, really good comparison that I've never heard before. Well, that's what I'm here for, and that's why I'm watching these movies. Uh, so, th- Mr. Miyagi, was he cool? Yeah. Is he a better mentor than Yoda? No. He could try. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Established. Not as good a mentor as Yoda. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the ending was a little off-putting because, like, it just ended after the championship. I was like, what? But that's so the whole point. That was all we were waiting for. Yeah, right, but what happened after? Is Danny the cool guy now in school? Karate watch Kid Cobra 2. Kai. Yeah, watch. There's a Karate Kid 2. I believe there's a Karate Kid 3, and you can watch the damn Cobra Kai show on Netflix now. No, I don't want to watch another movie. I don't want to watch a stupid sequel after the original. Tell the oh full story. God. Finish the whole dang thing. At some point, Daniel LaRusso, Danny LaRusso, goes to Japan to fight for Mr. Miyagi's honor. And that's not part of them. I'm not reviewing two and three. I'm re <laughs> reviewing one. And I, am I not? The ending no, you're, you're sucks. Right. Not with that that's attitude. It. Karate yeah. Kid 2 next week. <laughs> I've never heard anybody rip Mr. Miyagi before. This is outrageous. Well, there you go. He's not Yoda, though he wants to be. One to five plantains. Five being the best, one being the worst. Dominican Jeanette Javier, how do you rate the Karate Kid? Three and a half. Mmm. All right. I could not right. give it a four, but I was like, it's better than a three, so I'm giving it a three and a half. Mr. Miyagi is no Yoda will be the takeaway quote from this review from Jeanette Javier. And there it is, Jeanette Javier's Hollywood blockbuster blowout, The Karate Kid. I'm going to promise, well done, by the way, Jeanette, even though you had harsh things to say about Mr. Miyagi, and I've never met anybody who spoke ill of the man before. And Stone, don't ever try an Asian accent again. That was absolutely disgusting. Oh, that's all. <laughs> no, no, enough of that, please. We will all try to be collectively better tomorrow. We are going to try and book Matt Stafford. Uh, not Matt Stafford, oh Matt Darnold. Oh, my. Oh, God. How much time do we have? Because my phone died, so I don't even know how much we time have we have. We have 60 seconds. Uh, please, God, make it go quickly. We're going to try and get Matt Darnold, who uh, I mistakenly called uh, Matt Darnold after trying to reference Sam Darnold yesterday. So we're going to see if that mental health specialist from Minneapolis can, can help me with whatever's afflicting me. You could get Matt Stafford, too. You don't have to make fun of me. Maybe you just book Matt Stafford. I mean, that I will attempt to do. Yeah. Uh, well, give me his number. But Jeanette, do you want to book Matt Stafford? I'll try. All right. If we get him, Jeanette will be on the show tomorrow as well. Also scheduled to have Steve Politziner, Jay Martin tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Sorry for being sucky. That's Jeanette. That's Stone. Bye-bye.